Hello, and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. It's the podcast with you in mind. If you're a regular listener, you already realize this isn't Tony Roy. Nope, it's CJ Johnson, and I'm the other half of Better Pickleball. I've dedicated my professional life to sports, and I've had the privilege of competing and coaching at the highest level in three different sports. That gives me a unique understanding of what it takes to succeed, and I'm passionate about sharing my knowledge with others. Tony and I have been taking a little time away to get recharged for everything we have planned to help your pickleball game in 2024. I just recently came back from a trip overseas, and I asked him if I could grab the mic and talk about something that I've been mulling over for the past few weeks. I've been thinking about self-talk, specifically the impact of our self-talk on our performance on the pickleball courts. I have a question for you. If I talk to you the way you talk to yourself, would we be friends? I'm going to ask that one more time. If I talk to you the way you talk to yourself, would we be friends? I asked that question at our pickleball camps as well as inside of the pickleball system. And the typical reaction that I see from players as they consider the answer is a nervous giggle, perhaps a negative head shake, um, maybe even a big sigh as they realize that their self-talk is typically pretty negative. And here's the thing. Positive self-talk is key to success in any sport. How you think is how you will perform. I'm not really sure who said this, but it's a great quote. Whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Now, I was overseas. I went to the Ryder Cup. For those of you who don't know what it is, if you're not a golf fan, it is a golf match that takes place every other year between the U.S. and Europe. The 12 best players at that time either play in Europe or the following time they play in the United States. Now, one of those three sports I played was as a golf professional. In fact, even though I'm a full-time pickleball instructor, I have still maintained my membership as a member of the Professional Golfers Association. So I've been fortunate to attend three Ryder Cups, but all of them were on U.S. soil. I wanted to attend a Ryder Cup in Europe to experience the atmosphere. It's been said that winning a Ryder Cup when you're the visiting team is one of the most difficult feats in sport. In the last 30 years, since 1993, the U.S. has won one time in Europe, and Europe has won three times in the U.S. That means in the last 30 years, the visiting team has only won four times. Now, you might be thinking, why is that the case? Well, 
The 13th player on the team is the hometown crowd. I was amazed by the atmosphere around the first tee. And I was enthralled looking at the faces of the players as they experienced it. And then taking that one step further, seeing the result of that in their first shot. So the first tee at the Ryder Cup is surrounded by bleachers. I I don't know how many people are in the bleachers. My guess would be around a thousand or so. And of course, in Europe, it's a 95% European crowd. As you looked at the foursome, uh, two Europeans and two Americans, as they walked to the first tee, you noticed that the players were appreciative of being there, but there was a very different look on the face of the European players compared to the Americans. The European players were relaxed. They were smiling, soaking in the atmosphere, loving just a little bit of rowdiness that would happen between the shots of the players. The Americans, not so much. They looked tight. They looked tense. Certainly they were happy to be there. They were grateful. I can't imagine the feeling of playing in a Ryder Cup, playing for your country. But there was a big difference in how they looked. I'm going to guess there was a big difference in what was going on in their mind, what was going on in their self-talk, and ultimately how that impacts confidence and performance. On the first tee, it's not a very demanding first shot. The only thing that you need to do is hit the fairway. It's a fairly straight shot, and as I said, not very demanding. Nine times out of ten, most of those players would hit the fairway. But it's the first tee in the Ryder Cup. The only place that you couldn't hit the ball was into the rough, out of the fairway. Hitting in the rough meant that you probably wouldn't get your next shot close, and you may not even get it on the green. American after American hit the rough. Why? Their swing's the same. Had to be what was going on inside. Self-talk. We all have it. It is a natural part of our life. Whether we're an athlete or not, we all experience internal self-talk. And unfortunately, most of it is negative. As human beings, we gravitate towards the negative. It's so much easier to say and believe something that's negative versus something that's positive. In sports, it can show up as anger. That's negativity. And that negativity is going to impact our performance. So now that we know that it's normal for it to happen, that it happens to the best players in any sport, that it's probably going to be negative, and that we need to change it to perform our best, what can we do when it happens to us out on the pickleball court? Well, 
there's a few things that we can put into place. The very first thing is this, is to recognize when it happens. When you're on the pickleball court, is there a specific situation when negative self-talk happens? I'm going to give you a few examples. Maybe it's when you hit a shot that you know you usually hit well, you hit that shot into the net. Perhaps it's when you're playing with a specific partner. Maybe it happens when you are the better player of the team. Perhaps it happens when you perceive yourself to be the lesser player on the team. It's really important to spend some time trying to figure out if there are specific situations that trigger that negative self-talk, or in some cases, as I said, it may uh, show up as anger. Because when you identify the situation, you next have the ability to take it one step further and to dig in and find out what are you really upset about? What are you really afraid of? You know, some examples that play out on the pickleball court, we might be thinking, I'm so much better than this player. I should never lose to them. If I keep playing like this, my friend might not want to play with me. If I keep playing like this, I will never get invited to the higher group. I'm working so hard and I'm not improving. Losing to X would be awful. What would everyone else in the club think? Or the real killer, I'm just so awful, I should just quit. Those are examples of our negative self-talk that destroy our confidence. Once we can start to isolate those examples, when does it happen? What are we really afraid of? The next thing we need to look at is what does it sound like? What are we saying to ourselves? I've given you some examples, but one of the other things that you could look at is the word should or the word could. Don't should or could on yourself. Negative self-talk, I should be better than this. I could be doing this so much better. Anytime we're shoulding and coulding, we are taking our negative self-talk, internalizing it, and we are starting to destroy our confidence. So once we've recognized our negative self-talk, what should we do about it? Well, the first thing is this, is to realize that we can change it. No other person, no other player, no situation can make us feel a certain way. If we are talking negatively to ourselves, if we're experiencing anger, that's a choice. That's a choice we're making. So one of my favorite tools, and this actually comes from my golf days, 
is what I call a 10-second rule. My coach told me that I had 10 seconds to say anything I wanted to about the previous shot. The one caveat is that I could not say anything destructive about me or my abilities. I remember him telling me, golf is a difficult enough game. You have to be confident in what you do. You cannot destroy yourself. The game has a tendency to do that for you. And pickleball can be much the same way. So I've taken that 10-second rule, and I apply that 10-second rule to pickleball. That means if I hit the ball into the net, I have 10 seconds where I can say anything about that shot that I want to. Again, it cannot involve me or what I did on that shot. So it sounds something like this. Wow, that was a really awful ball. Or man, my paddle didn't do what it was supposed to do. I don't say things like, well, that was a dumb shot, CJ. CJ, what on earth were you thinking? Oh, come on, that was so easy. How could you miss it? The three examples I just gave are negative self-talk. That destroys my confidence and ultimately destroys my ability to perform on the pickleball court. Now, changing from negative self-talk to positive self-talk isn't easy. It takes practice. And even in some of the demanding situations like a Ryder Cup, the best in the world who have been practicing this for a long time might not be capable of doing it. But it is doable. Remember this. Negative self-talk is normal. But it's a choice to participate in it. Don't think about the couldas or the shouldas. Dig a little deeper to understand what is really going on. What are you really upset about? What are you really afraid of? Realize that no other player or situation can make us feel a certain way. And then try and apply the 10-second rule and turn that negative into a positive. Remember, ask yourself the question, if I talk to you the way you talk to yourself, would we still be friends? Spend some time changing that negative self-talk to positive self-talk, and you'll reap the benefits not only on the pickleball court, but in your life off the court as well. That's this week's podcast. And as always, rate and review the podcast. And the highest compliment you can give us is sharing it with your friends. Because if you like this podcast, they probably will too. Tony will be back with you next week.